My name is Carly and I am an entrepreneur. These are the real, raw, and honest stories of myself, my colleagues, and my dearest friends, how we followed our dreams and continue to scale the mountain of success every day. Learn what it takes to make the next step and join us on the climb. Get ready to pull up your boss straps because this is Bossy Club. Hey guys, I had the honor and privilege of interviewing Rachel Ann Lungi of Siren Floral Co. She is a incredible businesswoman and florist. Her work is otherworldly. She has been featured all over the place. Uh, Martha Stewart Weddings, Vogue, Style Me Pretty, etc., etc., etc. Her mentions are many. When we spoke back in June, when we were recording this, we talked about the pandemic and pivoting business. We talked about what it really takes to be a florist and the real time labor that it takes to pull off events. So this is a very honest look at all the back details. So if you are interested, this episode is for you. And thank you, Rachel, so much for coming. You are a gem. You are so sweet. And I'm excited once the pandemic is over to pick back up working with our amazing clients together. You're amazing. Hope you enjoy. Thank you so much, Rachel. How are you doing today? Yeah, thanks for having me. Um, I'm good. Yeah, I'm you know I'm hanging in there. It's wild times, but um, but also really positive in a lot of ways. So everything's good. How are you? I'm doing good. We're in you know I think we're all kind of in the same boat, which is encouraging in some aspects, and in others we all wish we were in a different boat. But doing well, doing well, and um, I'm just excited to like have the conversation with different creatives and business owners and how they um, got started and, and continue to like make splashes and even when handed a kind of crazy deck of cards. So I'm, I'm having a blast anyway. Yeah. (laughs) So Rachel, will you tell us a little bit about how you got started? Kind of what's your backstory? Um, sure. Yeah. So I first kind of ventured into the world of weddings, um, in 2011, I think. So it's definitely been a minute. Um, and I started out with wedding planning and design and very quickly was asked by, you know, several clients to do their flowers. And I had no no experience, zero, (laughs) um, (laughs) in floristry, but I really wanted to help them and was so excited about, you know, the, the opportunity to try really. And so I went for it and, um, you know, the more that happened, the more clients were asking for it until ultimately I decided, Hey, you know, maybe this is something I could do separate of my wedding planning and event design company. So I, uh, took the leap and made it kind of its own entity, which is what Siren is today. And was really lucky in the fact that I had all these friends and colleagues that I'd built from, you know, the wedding planning side of things 
that were so supportive when I started Siren and just helped me get weddings and were referring me and, you know, even planner friends that I'd made were seeing how I was doing floristry as its own entity. Um, and I think that was key because I think, I think doing it all together was a little bit of a conflict of interest. Like they wouldn't necessarily hire me out, you know, knowing that I also did planning. But once I did Siren as its completely own thing, they were really excited to, you know, help me get get jobs and were excited about the flowers that I was doing, which, you know, was very much in a learning stage still, but I really appreciated them taking a chance on me. And uh, through all of that, I just really honed my practice and fully dove into loving flowers with everything that I have and Mm -hmm. uh, really, really wanted to develop uh, a strong sense of myself as a designer and of course as a business owner and eventually did away with um, the planning side of things because things just got a little too, too much, a little too hectic. And I really wanted to hone my focus into one thing and really grow and develop it. So that's kind of, I guess, where we get to present day (laughs) in that story. Um, Yeah, it's been a cool journey for sure. That's awesome. And you, so you're, you're walking away from a current business to start kind of fresh again, is what I'm understanding. Yeah, essentially. Yeah, yeah. I just, I had done the wedding planning and design side of things with floristry and a lot of a lot of weddings I was doing all of it um, for those clients. But ultimately it in you know to be totally frank it just it felt like nobody was getting the best of me including myself. Um yeah. so you know there were the floor the just floral clients weren't getting the best floral experience and the planning clients weren't getting the best planning experience because I was just spread too thin. And not that, you know, everyone was still happy and there weren't any severe really mishaps at that point, but, but it was more so like, I just felt overstretched, overworked. And, um, I wanted, I wanted to hone my focus so that, you know, those clients could get the best of me. And also I would have time to give myself the best to take care of myself too, if that makes sense. Absolutely. What kind of process mentally did you go through? Was it hard to let go of something you had built um, to start? Obviously, like, what am I trying to ask, Rachel? Like, was it hard to let go of something you built, I guess is the question. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, You know, it it was something that Lace and Likes was my wedding and event design company, and I had been building it for five years. Um, at that point that I decided, decided to walk away from it and just do siren, um, and started siren along the way, like not too far into it. So really they, they kind of piggybacked on each other. Um, and it was difficult in the sense that it had picked up such momentum and people were really excited about what I was doing, um, which I'm so grateful for. But at the same time, you know, the planning side of things, as I'm sure you know, um, can be particularly taxing. And um, I think it takes a really special personality to do that and do it really well. Obviously, you're one of those. Um, And I, I just felt so much more passionate about flowers. So it wasn't once I kind of made that decision, I guess is what I'm trying to say, it wasn't so hard to let go of it um, because I knew that my heart wasn't fully invested in it, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does make a lot of sense. Yeah. 
And yeah, so it was freeing, I think, really, ultimately, when I decided to pick one. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. So in talking with you, I'm realizing you and I have a very similar kind of first part of our story. We both do do or did wedding planning and design, and then somehow flowers come into the mix, and then you're having mm-hmm. to operate both, and then ultimately um, decide what direction you want to go. Um, so you're, it's, you're not a, um, a newbie with starting companies and like (laughs) growing them and developing them, but like, what has been like the theme or the hardest part of starting a business, um, that maybe people don't realize when they're saying like, Hey, we have this passion. I want to start something. Oh yeah. That's such a good question. Uh, (laughs) I think that, man, I think the hardest part has mainly just been uh, the belief in self, I think, to achieve, really. I think um, as an all-encompassing kind of way of saying it, I think that that continual drive and fearlessness in some senses to keep going and be okay with your mistakes and push through them and learn from them and not let them break you down. Um, believing in yourself enough to start in the first place, I think, I think is a, is a struggle that a lot of people face. I think a lot of people are afraid to just take that first step when they have an idea or a dream. Um, and I, I mean, I also feel really lucky in the sense that my mom and people that I've surrounded myself with have always been so empowering and encouraging of my dreams. I've not had any, I'm I'm so lucky that that's been, you know, the basis around me. The general consensus has been very encouraging, very positive. I I was raised to believe that I could do anything and be anything I wanted. Amazing. So yeah, so I'm really grateful. Like shout out mom for that. (laughs) Um, She always, always encouraged me to pursue my dreams. However, you know, that being said, along the way, um, you know, there's so many challenges and just taking that first step is such a leap um, to fully believe in yourself. It's nice to hear someone else say they believe in you, but you really have to develop that sense of confidence and willingness to try you know, knowing that there could be failures along the way and just find your bravery and your courage, I suppose, to make the first step. So that's probably, I think, the hardest part, you know, initially, if that sums it up. (laughs) I agree. And it's not just that initial um, fearlessness, it's that marathon, right? Of like, okay, I've I've jumped off this cliff and now here's another problem I have to solve. And here's like another thing I have to, the battlement of like your mind to like believe in yourself consistently. Cause this building a company is not for the faint of heart. It's like, mm. you can have really good days. You can have a really hard day. Um, days where you see like most of your revenue come in and days where you don't. And so it's like being able to weather like those storms every day um, mm. takes a lot of strength mentally, at least in my experience. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. I agree 100%. It, it is 
something that, you know, when failures come along or, you know, we don't even have to call them failures, just bumps in the road because you're not failing. It's just a lesson. I would call it like a lesson more than anything. So when lessons Mm -hmm. come along, you have to, you're right. It's not for the faint of heart. Like you have to be willing to let it make you sad or hurt you or, you know, be angry, like feel your emotions. Definitely don't negate those. However, at the same time, you have to be able to then pick yourself back up and not let it, you know, push you away from your dream. You have to want that dream, you know, so badly or love whatever you're doing so much that you're not going to let those lessons break you down Um, because they will, they will happen. They will come along for sure. Even, you know, even eight years now, almost nine, I guess, of doing it, um, you know, there've been plenty of moments like that. And I think it's hard when people look at, at others who seem really successful in their mind, they do a lot of comparison. And I think that comparison is really dangerous sometimes because you're assuming that everything's perfect for that person or that Mm -hmm. they don't have hard days or that, you know, they've just made it, you know, but, but the reality is, is that, you know, there was a lot of (laughs) pain and like hardship along the way to get to a successful point. And even so when you have achieved success, whatever that looks like, because I think it's different for everyone, you know, you're still going to face challenges down the road and it will not, it's like anything. It's like a, it's like a partnership. It's like a romantic partnership or a friendship. Like you always are having to work on it and, grow in it it's never just you've made it you're successful everything's hunky-dory you know absolutely yeah yeah it's a journey it is a journey you're signing up for a journey for sure (laughs) (laughs) but from my experience the good days outweigh the hard days they make the days um that you wrestle with make more sense in the good days you know yes um, yes 100% that is what um I anyway I look for when I'm like thinking about a career or business um what about like do you have any tactical like tips that you so let's say someone's starting a business and they come to you um where would they even begin like obviously it's like okay I've just I've I've gone through these mental hoops of deciding I'm going to actually try this business, any business. Um, but what do I do now? Like, <laughs> what's the next, <laughs> Rachel? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Um, wow. Oh, man, these are so good. You are good at this. <laughs> these are really thoughtful questions. So... So they're coming to me, right? And they're saying, hey, I want to start a business. I'm, this is what I'm thinking. What next? Is that basically it? Yes. Okay. Um, man, I would say, I guess there's a handful of things that I think are really important that, truth be told, because I started my company really young and I just, I am like a sink or swim person. So I just tend to like dive into things and then I figure it out. Um, I've had to, yeah, I've had to learn the value of foresight in my later years. (laughs) Um, So that being said, uh, I think that I would encourage 
you know, whomever that is to value foresight as, as a tactic to incorporate it in a lot of their preparation for themselves. So that might be, you know, what do they want their brand to look like and do like a brand study? And then are are they going to feel in line with that in like another couple of years? And are they comfortable continuing to rebrand? And what is that going to look like? You know, I I just think there needs to be more like, let's look at like a five-year goal. I would definitely implement more business tactics, Mm -hmm. like business-minded tactics to start out. So that even means, you know, financial research and, from a floristry standpoint, just like really studying, you know, floral types. If you have no idea what they are, if you're literally starting from scratch in floristry, you're going to have to like really jump into studying. Maybe you even get a horticulture degree. I don't know. You know, like there's definitely a lot of different things depending on the business you're jumping into. But the biggest, the biggest tip that I would have would just be to use as much foresight as possible in order to try to set yourself up for success and also to protect yourself contractually. I think liability is a really big issue when you're starting a business from a very practical standpoint. So I would invest in that, whether you work with a lawyer to kind of set yourself up appropriately with, you know, actually making your business an existing business in whatever state you're practicing in. Um, Things like that, I just think, you know, at the beginning, it is very, it feels very like businessy focused and kind of intense, but I think it's really important to, you know, make those things a priority from the beginning versus like, I just, you know, I'm such a dreamer and I just went for it and then picked those things up along the way. Um, And to be fair, I think on the other end of that, there's also balance to be found. Like, I don't think... I think you also need to fuel your creativity if you're doing a creative business or any other business. I think have grace with yourself. Like you, there needs to be a balance in the sense that you might come across some some perfectionism happening in yourself. And I would definitely allow yourself the grace to evolve as as a business owner and an individual. And you're going to continue to do that. So from a tactical standpoint, you know, have foresight and try to do your research and go into it, you know, covering your bases, like the very business minded bases. And then at the same time, just really know who you are and where you want to take your business and some of your goals, but be willing to, to ride the wave and the journey and know that it's going to be one. Does that, does that work? Okay. It does work, right? Okay. Um, But I think you've nailed it because a lot of creatives will jump into it, start something, it starts to take off. Maybe they run into a customer or a client that is demanding something, but now they don't have a contract to back up your business. You want to protect what you're building. So how do you set yourself up to where you're not having to scramble to backtrack? And I think that's kind of what you're you're getting at is like plan as much as you can balance it with like having fun and you know going for it too Mm -hmm. but recognizing that like things will happen along the way that like you can prepare for in advance um that 
could sink or swim your business pretty much. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They're just things that are so helpful that I wish someone had sat me down and said, Hey, get your business stuff together, you know, <laughs> like get, get all this stuff together. And instead I just kind of dove in head first and then ran into issues along my journey that thankfully didn't sink it, you know, but, but really required me to revisit things like my contracts and, um, you know, my accountant and all these people that I've now been able to outsource, you know, ideally, if you can have even a little bit of capital to invest in yourself or in, in others to help you get your business set up in a really strong way, then I definitely would recommend that for sure. Such good advice. Thank you. I think with, and the reason I asked that question is more for, you know, when I list, I listen to a lot of podcasts, I read a lot of books on business and I'm always like, can someone just give me like some like actual steps and not just like, just go for it. And so that's kind of the heartbeat behind that question. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because it's not that it, it's, it is as simple as being willing to follow your dream. However, you also need to prepare yourself. Hey guys, it's your girl, Carly. I'm here to tell you about the coolest flower delivery service that exists. It's my sister company, Primary Petals. You may have heard of Primary Petals before, but did you know that we are going nationwide? It's an amazing service that sends really cool and unique flowers to anyone's doorstep in the lower 48. Guys, we have sent to every state and every bouquet has arrived so beautiful and so fresh, which if you know, is no small feat for shipping flowers. For my listeners, I'm giving 10% off using code BOSSYCLASS at checkout. If you want to learn more, please visit primarypetals.com. Can you explain a little bit about how florists work? Like, what do you do in a given week? Because I think there's this preconceived idea about floristry that you just play with flowers all day and you like <laughs> run through a field and like grab daisies, like <laughs> in a beautiful dress and your sun hat. Yeah. Exactly. Which you always look so beautiful in your sun hat anyway, but that's besides the point. But like, bit about like what you do in a given week and what is actually required in like being in this job. Oh, thank you for that before, by the way, you're so sweet. (laughs) Um, I have black hair and so my sun hat is literally to make it so that I don't cook, um, in the sun when I am flowering. Um, but yeah, in a given week, I mean, it obviously looks really different right now because weddings are not happening. But when I do have a wedding, man, that whole, I would say that whole last maybe six weeks to a month before the event date is just jam packed because typically we also have, you know, we have multiple events in a month. It's not just the one event that we're doing. Um, and the sizes vary, of course, and then, you know, what's required of us varies according to that. But, uh, let's see. Yeah. It's really like a month long marathon before of ordering vessels. And we have something called our source list where we we're planning what we need to order. And I have to do the mock-up with the client, um, to make sure everything looks really solid and they're happy with it. And we bring candles and we talk about, you know, the whole table. You and I just did one of those before everything yeah. went down, um, <laughs> which was, we're going to do a wedding still next day. Never mind. <laughs> I know. Right. Oh my gosh. That was so rough. 
they're the sweetest man I'm excited for that when it happens (laughs) um but yeah so you know it's it's the mocking up and final client details meeting so we'll go over you know everything listed on their quote and their um proposal making sure everything looks solid and double checking the numbers and then there's also logistics to consider so if I'm doing you know, a crazy big installation and there's a tent going up and I have to factor in the timing of the dance floor because the scissor lift that I need to use can't go on the dance floor or won't fit in the tent. You know, like there's all these things to have conversations with, you know, either a planner like yourself or, or the client about to make sure that logistically I'm, I'm handling my end of things so that they don't have to worry, you know, anywhere near the wedding day. So we usually try to figure out most of the logistics about a a month ahead of time is ideal. Um, at least on our end. And then the actual week and a half, two weeks before, depending on how many hard goods there are. And when I say hard goods, just for any any non-florists, um, I mean like candles and vessels and bud vases and anything that's not a flower item that we use for the design or the decor. Um, you know, we're getting those shipments in if we did custom things for them and then we have to clean them up, remove stickers, um, and then start getting ready for the vessels to actually have flowers go in them. So that might be adding whatever mechanics we're using, whether it be, you know, chicken wire or frog or foam or what have you. Um, and then we, we usually do that actually the week of, so the week before the event, we're usually doing candles and hard goods and that's cleaning all the candle votives, like cleaning them out. So they're perfect using Windex. And then we put a tiny little bit of water in and we're like counting everything to make sure that we have the right numbers. And then we go through and we label everything um, it's quite a process on the candle front. I don't know how that became the florist's job, but it is. Um, <laughs> no idea. Can we have a candle vendor like separately? I know, honestly, like that's a business someone should start. Like we just do the candles, and that's our gig. We do candle rentals, and then the florists could even hire it out. You know, on yeah. behalf of the client, that'd be cool. That'd be great. Somebody, somebody, do it. <laughs> But yeah, so we're getting all that ready. And then the week of, you know, I'm usually going to the market on Monday and I will check on my product that's that I've pre-ordered. Um, that's another thing I didn't even mention about a month ahead of time, we're doing our whole order and recipe planning. And, you know, like if we need to order things from several different wholesalers or farms or whatever, you know, there's all that logistics to handle. Um, in communication. And then, yeah, come wedding week, we're actually getting the product. We have to process all of it, which means we clean it all, give it a fresh cut, get it all starting to open at the studio. And that comes in waves because we might get things like the roses ahead of time. So they open a little, it takes a little longer for them to open. Um, we get the greens earlier so we can start greening the centerpieces. I mean, I could go on and on. It's not. <laughs> I mean, if we really like wrote out a whole list, I think people would be shocked at how much <laughs> goes into it. I completely hear you. And that's just before the event. That doesn't even, that's not even day of and after, which is all like the same stuff plus more. And then like cleaning everything and putting it all back and starting yeah. over right for the next yes. one. 
Exactly. Well, and I'm, I mean, any of the, the team members on my team will tell you that I'm like a real stickler about the van too. So when we, when we strike, like I am not okay with everything just being thrown in the van. Like I, I I want everything to be put back nicely and like organized because then what happens is when I get home with the van to unload at the studio and no one's around, because most of our weddings are not in San Diego, they're all over Southern California. So once I finally get back with the van to unload it, when I come back to the studio, if the van is not like organized and things aren't putting away properly I'm the one doing it all by myself so I'm like I'm an advocate for cleaning as we go so that the van looks nice at the end of the night and it's not added work later (laughs) so that's a whole process too you know because we also we also have to count everything at the end of the night and make sure we got all of our inventory back and then by that time it's like you know sometimes midnight 1 a.m and (laughs) oh so exhausting but also like the best it's the best yeah, it is. It, it's so much more work. And I've had people, you know, team members that have come on just for like one or two gigs, you know, if we have a huge event or something. Mm-hmm. And every single time people that have never done events before that are just helping out are like, wow, you guys work way harder than I thought. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes, it's so true. I've had that happen too. Or you know, I'll have someone come on and then they're like, whoa, I don't know if I want to do this. <laughs> this is a lot. So now I've learned, you know, when we have, I tend to do interviews with my freelancers, even if it's just a phone call, cause I want to get to know them. But, um, before they work, I'll have a conversation with them. And part of my question, questioning of them is, so how are you with like, like being on your feet all day? Like, how do you manage really high temperatures? Like, cause sometimes they're doing weddings in the desert. So I have all these questions and I'm kind of like, you know, can you hang with this? Because this is a gnarly job. I know it looks really pretty and like fluffy and fun, but it's really intense. It's very physically demanding. So <laughs> I need to know that you can, you can manage that, you know? Absolutely. <laughs> oh my gosh. You just spilled it out for the audience. <laughs> like you would not believe <laughs> hard work. it is it is it is hard work I know it (laughs) so you've obviously we've postponed so many weddings together and separately and everything over this whole pandemic um and as you've pivoted forward um Mm -hmm. I've seen that you've been doing the the webinar and and doing kind of sample arrangements online and classes and so I just want to hear more about that yeah, yeah, I'd be happy to talk about that. I'm super, I'm super excited about it. It's been so, so fun and just super rewarding and giving me such a sense of purpose in all of this, which has been really nice. Um, plus, I get to do flowers still along with the students, so that's been awesome too. Um, but yeah, I, I started, I guess pretty quickly after things happened, once I was able to make sure all my clients were taken care of and everything was postponed on their behalf. Um, I had had started doing online classes that I were, I was doing them pre-recorded, excuse me, um, earlier this year. So I started and launched one in January. And that was really successful and super exciting just to, you know, get feedback about and people were so enthusiastic that I've been, you know, thinking a lot this year about how else I can go about 
this kind of online learning platform and what other classes can I incorporate that are going to be attractive and helpful to people um, because I, I actually went to school to teach little ones, but still I really wanted to teach and I, I love educating and just helping. I'm a type two Enneagram, so I <laughs> love to help. Um, and the idea of this whole class and, and the teaching in general is just really for me having experienced along my journey so many beautiful friends and people in the industry that really poured into me and helped me grow um, and mentors of mine like I have my flower mom that <laughs> I call her my flower mom she was my wholesaler at Mayesh for the longest time like all these people that just poured into me and really just wanting to give back to people who are growing in their business and be able to hopefully shed some light on different things or share tips or, you know, whatever I can do to kind of pay it forward, essentially, because I feel so strongly that I would not be here without all those people that poured into me. Basically, just really wanting to, you know, pour into and help others. Um, and the experience and the response has been incredible. You know, people are so excited. I basically shifted it to do it, you know, so that there would be live class offerings with the Zoom platform. So everything's everything's through Zoom. And then um, this online learning platform that I use called Thinkific. So it's kind of like, you know, same thing as like a teachable. Mm -hmm. um, and I can implement all this coursework into the platform and then, you know, share the actual Zoom link in there so the students can go to it when it's class time. Um, we also offer, we offer e-booklets so they can, they can print those and save that with different tips and tricks that we go over in class so that they can keep, you know, incorporating those different um, tactics as they're designing themselves on their own. Um, and it's been really cool. Like I totally have repeat students, which has been really fun because I feel like I'm truly getting to see their progress in real time. Um, and yeah, and you know, it's, oh, it's just been such a special experience. You know, we, we also ship the, we ship the product to the students with a wholesaler, with the help of a wholesaler. So they're getting, everyone's got the same product everyone's in the zoom class together and then I'm teaching live and they get to engage with me and ask questions. And, um, then at the end we do a Q and a in case anything else has come up for them that they want to ask about. And the platform also allows us to have this fun little community dashboard where we can all engage with each other. So students will share their work and they can ask other questions. That's also a place where I've been sharing additional resources that we talk about in the class. Um, mm. like different things I use for writing my proposals or, you know, my lawyer's information in case they want it, like different things like that have all been included on the dashboard. And, um, you know, I think they've even built little relationships because some of them live in the same area and they didn't know about each other. And so it's been a really cool way to connect with others, even though we can't hang out in person. Um, Right. And yeah, just all be using the same product, which I think has been so special because, you know, we as florists, I think, and educators do do different like lives on Instagram and things like that. And I think people find those really helpful. But I do think there's really something to having the same product as the teacher so that, you know, you can implement it in the same way that they are. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's so cool. And it's amazing how just a simple platform like Instagram and Zoom can really bring people together and you're able to pivot your business and still be front of mind. That's just such a incredible gift, especially in this season. 
Yeah, yeah. It's so incredible that we have these these kind of platforms that we can use, you know, in this day and age because, you know, all the weddings are are postponed. So I I really wouldn't be having much to work on right now. And I was doing initially I was doing free lives just because I wanted to engage and be with my floral community in that sense and to get my hands on flowers. And now, you know, I can do it in a way that helps the business. It helps students. I still get to do flowers. I get to love on other people, you know, like it's, it's kind of a win across the board. (laughs) So I'm really, really, really grateful. And so, so pumped at the response. Like I had no idea how it would go. It was definitely taking a leap kind of like we talked about at the beginning. Um, and it's still been a learning process along the way. However, I do think I used more foresight um, <laughs> this time around. But even so, there's still been a learning curve. And, um, you know, it's it's been a cool, cool experience across the board. Yeah. That is so awesome. Well, I'm excited for you. And like, yeah, to our audience, if you want to learn floristry, this girl knows what <laughs> and you will make amazing amazing arrangements with her so you're so sweet thanks girl I'm trying (laughs) you are you're doing amazing amazing um thank you so much for like sharing your wisdom with the audience with me and just like being just such a positive light in my own life and and as a colleague too like it's just been so good to know you I want to ask you if you're willing to do a few lightning round questions which are always fun (laughs) yeah I'm totally down let's do it (laughs) what's your favorite flower I know that's probably a really hard thing to ask but I want to know what comes front of mind yeah well I man it's so seasonal you know Um, (laughs) I feel like it changes seasonally but I would say pretty much across the board one that I can get most of the year that I grow at my house and I'm obsessed with is a garden rose, but not like, you know, not a store-bought rose, like not a grocery store, super tight rose, <laughs> like a, an heirloom garden rose for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. And you grow them fun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I just have a few bushes, but they're doing well. It's super exciting. It's very rewarding too, to, to work yeah. in a garden like that. Yeah. Absolutely. Cool. Okay. Next question. How do you take your coffee or tea? (laughs) That's a fun one. Um, I take my coffee black with a little bit of honey. Ooh, no Mm -hmm. cream. No, not usually. No, unless it's like I'm getting a latte out, but if I make it at home, then I just, just make it black. It's amazing. (laughs) Do you read? first question yes definitely yes <laughs> anything that you've read recently that you really enjoyed yes I read well I feel like it's you know trending but I read um where the crawdads sing oh, and gosh. it was I could not I could not stop like I read it in uh I think like two and a half days and that is the fastest I've read a book in like I don't even know how long I couldn't stop I agree it was so good yes highly Uh, recommend (laughs) yeah I love it yeah it was so so good amazing 
Oh, Rachel, thank you so much for just like taking the hour and to chat with me. I am so lucky. Like, again, I'm so lucky to know you. I like, <laughs> look up to you so much. So, oh my gosh, you're such a doll. <laughs> I am so lucky to know you too. And I'm super excited, you know, hopefully to see you soon and <laughs> to get to do more projects together. Yeah, same. Uh, well, thank you again for being on my new podcast. And yes, I'm so excited for you. <laughs> this is awesome. And yeah, we'll talk to you soon. Okay, girl. Thank you. Bye. Bye. This podcast is edited and published by the Primary Pedal Studios, written and hosted by Carly Ray Williams. Show notes are located at our website, carlyrayweddings.com forward slash bossy class. If you like what you heard today, subscribe, rate and review us. Sign up for our newsletter to receive exclusive content and bonus episodes. Thanks for joining us as we scale the mountain of success. This is Bossy Class.